I'm Will. And I'm Luke. And this is Will and Luke Discuss. A vodcast. And podcast. Where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being. This This episode, episode, we're discussing Sleep by Nicholas Little Hales, who's a uh, a sleep... (laughs) Oh, did I? Fuck <laughs> 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 it. <laughs> Nick Littlehales. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nick Littlehales. Uh, he's an elite sports sl- sleep coach. Um, <laughs> an elite sport and, uh, <laughs> An elite sports sleep coach. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, hey, I'm only jesting. <laughs> uh, it's going to be hours till I find out what I actually said. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, I thought this was a, a pretty interesting book, something a bit different than what we've covered up until now. Um, Isn't it? Pretty easy to digest. I feel like it falls somewhat into the habits and routines and um, you know, structuring your life. General well-being sort of, and lifestyle. Yeah, that I, I think we're going to be trying to get into over the next few podcasts. Um, so it's a nice, nice way to start. I think um, it's worth giving him a bit of an introduction about who he is. So he's a... Um, He's worked with, um, you know, major soccer clubs and uh, football, you're going to kill me, um, cycling teams, um, multiple like one-on-one individual work with like CEOs, business managers and all that sort of thing. And basically his job is getting people to like work out their best sleep pattern and I guess, yeah, maximize sleep as um, a form of rest and recovery to enhance performance. So he's worked with some really high-end people and I suppose he's decided to write a book for the the general public and um i suppose in the context of this being relatively new science that's um being put forward and not a regularly talked about subject in the mainstream especially in sports recovery yeah and it's a real practical book he doesn't really dig into any studies or anything it's just like do this and you'll be all right yeah, which which is kind of good to a point, but then I suppose I'm left with a few questions that I suppose we can speak about. Yeah, um, well, jump in with them. What's your question? Well, I think I'll give a. I think I'll just give a quick introduction. Um, so he basically in the book he talks about seven key sleep recovery indicators, right. and um, those are um, looking at your looking at circadian rhythms, your sleep chronotype, sleeping in cycles, which is. Um, the main crux of what he talks about, which is his R90 program, so sleeping in 90-minute cycles, um, pre- and post-sleep routines, naps, and um, position and comfort, and your sleeping environment. So there's kind of seven main areas he talks about in the book. And um, oh, right. I suppose the, the first one to start off with, I think, would be um, circadian rhythms, which he explains as our inbuilt natural body clock. Um, yeah. You know, back from when we were... Um, cave people back in the day um and we would you know naturally wake up when the sun rose and we would wind down when the sun went at, um at the end of the day and he's basically saying like if we lived in a cave we would naturally wake up at these times and um to go yeah. against that is unnatural yeah he writes a little sort of hypothetical doesn't he which he consistently refers to throughout the book which is like you know imagine you've you kind of set up your campfire, you've done all your hunting and gathering for the day, your fire set up before sundown, you've had your meal, you're sort of lounging around with your fellow paleoliths. And like as the as the fire's burning out and the sun's setting, you're sort of slowly nodding off after your evening dance and sing song and chat. 
and then yeah you sleep through you wake up you uh empty your bladder you sort of slowly rise with the sun and he's sort of he's saying that this is like the the idea we should be sort of striving for the natural inbuilt way we should be living our lives yeah Um, and um you know just to jump ahead a second like he's saying people who are um who prefer to stay up later and wake up later referred to as pmers and those who go to bed early and wake up early um as amers as their sleep chronotype are basically their circadian rhythm is either a little bit fast or a little bit slow and there's kind of like a general time that we would normally be sleeping but some people their clock may be running yeah faster or slower yeah so yeah it's kind of different biological chronotypes isn't it but he's also saying that like we're still all <clears throat> we're still all human so we still all like sleep when it's dark and that's all like, everyone's natural circadian rhythm falls under that and like your most extreme pm to your most extreme am is only still going to be a couple of hours right because he's saying hours out of that, yeah. think like oh i'm a night owl because i don't fall asleep till four in the morning and he's like well that's probably because you're kind of watching youtube and scrolling on instagram until that time rather than just <laughs> yeah, a natural right. pm yeah that's not like a natural thing to do i think he does um he does emphasize a lot the importance of light and dark so in yeah. terms of um you know when it's dark that's when we produce uh, produce melatonin the sleep hormone and when it's light that is uh, that's when melatonin should be dying off and then the increased production of serotonin in the system so he talks a lot about like in the mornings get get the lights on get some natural light on you and toward you know when you're going to bed try and decrease um light in particular you know the blue light that comes on um phones and technology so that's what it goes into a bit with um pre and post sleep routines that's something i uh, i definitely did i mean like the day after i read the book i just like opened up like my blind turned on all the lights went outside for a walk i just like fully got into it yeah he suggests that basically you should get outside as soon as possible after waking up like that's what's most natural and what's best for your body and for your um your your cycle your circadian rhythm and this all kind of falls into like naturally when you're um you know your blood sugar levels are higher and when you're blood blood pressure as well and natural peaks and troughs of sleeping mm. like we would naturally most people would naturally be fast asleep between mm. yeah as of two and four which made me wonder is that when like the most robberies happen like <laughs> they got some scientific <laughs> knowledge to them probably uh if they didn't know that then we've just told a lot of people what time to go <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i guess um w- what's your moving on to like chronotypes what's your chronotype i think i know but i'd like to hear what you think i think it's hard to tell because i don't know how much i've been disturbed by culture and stuff but i think like i definitely love the mornings i feel i would in general if i do sleep well when i'm up early like that's when i'd get my best work done that's when i'd be most creative when i'd have the most energy so i'm I'm probably towards the the AMR side of things. Um, Are you tired at night time before you go? Yeah, that is that yeah. But I still have up. that temptation, you know, to stay up later than 
my body's telling me to. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, when I so when I first like you, you kind of get inspired, don't you? When you read some of the stuff, and it's like, okay, see ya. It, he's like one of the only kind of hard and fast rules he has is set a wake time and stick to it. Like anything yes. else can sort of change, but like your wake time should always be mm. the same. So like I kind of uh, I set mine for six when I started reading the book. Probably did it for a couple of weeks, <laughs> and then just got really tired and started, <laughs> just started mm. turning off the alarm. Like. <laughs> Um, but I do, I do aspire to that still, but, um, yeah, I found it kind of difficult to stick to initially and I think I should give it another crack maybe. But what, what he says is even if like, he says even do that on weekends as well, yeah. um, which is quite difficult. But what he says is like, even if you just like get up, go get some light on you naturally and then go back to bed later. That's yeah. still something you can do. And I, I guess this is where I start to get a bit, um, bit like stuck on his, his program sometimes. Cause, um, I, I'm wanting to move on to the, the R90 yeah. program that he talks about and how we, we sleep in 90 minute cycles. So we go through four different stages of sleep. So the first one being like drifting off, which is NREM. And then the second one is light sleep. And then the two other parts. So there's uh, deep sleep and, rapid eye movement sleep it says we spend most of our um like the the most like productive rest happens in those last two phases and what i had to do a bit of extra research on this but basically he's saying that you want to wake up at the beginning of a 90 minute sleep cycle so you're better off waking up in the dozing off light sleep stage mm. and we will do that throughout the night without necessarily realizing it yeah, but if we if we wake up in the middle of REM sleep or in the middle of deep sleep, we often wake up feeling pretty groggy. Yeah, and that's that's not a good thing. Now I've got a couple of opinions on that, but um, what, what are they? Yeah, wonder. Ah, uh, just in regards to him saying like, okay, you need to sleep in ninety minute cycles. So that either means so for us, let's say we're getting up at six in the morning. Yeah, that either means we go to bed at nine o'clock or ten thirty. Yeah. And he's basically saying, like, if you miss the nine o'clock window to sleep, yeah, wait to the ten thirty one, yeah. And I guess just like in my head, I'm like, well, if I'm tired and I go to bed at nine thirty, like, surely <laughs> I've just got like an extra hour's sleep, and yeah. no matter how, no matter how groggy I feel, potentially waking up in the middle of a cycle, yeah. Uh, and also, like the research I looked into as well. I mean, that he's obviously researched this a lot, and I, I should you know, maybe listen more, but then people's like length of sleep cycles can vary as well. Oh, yeah. The length of time you're in an REM sleep. So what if I'm going to miss nine o'clock and end up going to sleep at nine fifteen? do I just what, stay up till 10, 30 and be tired? Yeah. Get hours less sleep. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Cause yeah, our, each cycle, your REM lessens, doesn't it? Cause your REM yeah. is, when you're dreaming and that actually takes the most energy, like REM sleep takes up more energy than being awake. Mm. So like, but cycle after cycle, it, it shortens the amount of time you're in that for. So I guess like that's why it's good to have quite a few 90 minute cycles. So by the end yeah. of your sleep, you're hopefully getting quite a lot of that deep sleep, which is the actual restorative feeling awake when you get up kind of sleep. 
So what he's saying is we need at least five of those rounds, which is seven and a half hours sleep. So he, he yeah. says like the, the eight hours is a bit of a myth. You well, he, he encourages you not to see it as nightly, but as cycles per week. So to see like week. 35 cycles a week. Yeah. Regardless and if you have a bad cycle one night. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a bad cycle one night, you can make it up the next day or even during the daytime. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll get onto that a bit later. But um, have you tried doing like 90 minute cycles and sleeping in that, in that way or yeah, just sticking I, to the... I did. So, so I guess you still go to bed a bit earlier than... Because the idea is that you, you fall as, asleep at that yeah, time. Yeah, true, so maybe you true. go to bed, I don't know, 15 minutes or so before you want to be asleep just so you get that time to fall asleep. Um, but I see what you mean. Like if you're tired and it's 10, like why wait? <laughs> like, so 10, but, yeah. And I guess like you say, it's not necessarily the case that everyone's cycle is going to be 90 minutes long. Like some people might have slightly shorter or longer cycles than others. And each individual cycle, I assume, could vary depending on things. And also how you feel waking up in the middle of an REM cycle. Like if you've got a good morning routine, maybe you can kind of shake it off. And it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah. Oh, mate. Um, you, I, yeah. When he was talking about that, I had this memory of us in Spain. And like, mm-hmm. um, I think you woke me up to go to like this morning market. Do you remember? Yeah, and yeah. You tapped me on yeah. the chest. And I, I've never felt so bad from being woken up in my life. Like I must have been oh, in really? such a deep sleep. <laughs> 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 and I think you like, I don't know, fr- from the way I sh- like felt so shocked in waking you must have hit me pretty hard ah <laughs> oh, i think i was just tapping you on the chest so i didn't I <laughs> I mean, saying i hit you is a, <laughs> a bit of a stretch <laughs> but yeah you must have been right in that deep sleep yeah 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 um he talks about um being able to make up those um any lost hours in the daytime as well and there's like peak times to take naps during the day um, yeah so, he, so he, he encourages you not just to see sleep in 90 minutes, but basically to see a whole day in chunks of 90 minutes. Like, yeah, that's, and your yeah. life, like your life mm. is in 90 minute chunks. And hopefully, what is it? Five of them should be sleeping um, yeah. per day. And, yeah. then, and then you have these windows uh, between like 12 and 2 in the afternoon and then 5 yeah. and 7 in the evening to get yeah. these extra... I can't remember why their window something to do with your hormones and the, your circadian rhythm, but there are these two windows That's in the it, day yeah. to get your extra sleep in. So you might be able to get like an extra cycle in, in the middle of the day, which presumably is what the Spanish do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is, um, he says you can do that for like half an hour, but even he says, even if you can't nap, even if you're at work and things like just physically taking a break, whether it's just kind of um, away from your desk or going to grab yeah. water or just like, breaking up your day into 90 minute cycles it's really on that cool. point like so whilst i remember it that that's probably the the best thing i got from this book is the so i used if i like woke up in the night or i couldn't get to sleep i used to have that real stereotypical pattern he referenced in the book which is like uh you're like calculating that the hours you're going to have left if you yeah. do fall asleep you're getting anxious about how you'll feel the next day if you don't fall asleep soon and like 
obviously your stress hormones start kicking in and it stops you going to sleep and you're thinking yeah oh, it's awful yeah, yeah and so i i used to get that quite a bit and um he basically gave you permission to be like resting is still okay like you don't have mm. to fall asleep to um yeah to get some of the goodness from the sleep so it's almost like if you're if you meditate it, it's like you might need less REM sleep, for example. So you might then need less sleep overall to feel rejuvenated. Cycles, so so yeah. even if you're just lying in bed and you can take full control over your resting, if you if you can mm -hmm. learn to sort of meditate and rest, it doesn't he like gives you permission not to have to be asleep. And that mm -hmm. I found that very liberating. That was good, yeah. Especially if um, you know, you do see some windows during the day as well and not feeling yeah. kind of guilty about it. like so I, i've i guess with the r90 um 90 minute cycles in in mind like there's times where um i guess like because when i read this i just had some annual leave and a, a week off um and it just like i had an afternoon nap for like half an hour yeah and then that made me feel more awake have way more energy but then also it meant that i wasn't tired till later but i felt okay about it. i'm like well i'll just go to bed at like 10 30 now because i've yeah. had like had a rest during the day so i guess it does give you some flexibility as well if you're able to kind of yeah able to see um yeah i didn't yeah, quite i, I don't quite remember but yeah he said you can use those windows for 90 minutes or half an hour naps i don't quite get how the half an hour fits into his block system but yeah i've been using that a lot as well so like when i'm feeling a bit sluggish in the middle of the day just allowing myself just to close my eyes for half an hour and have a sort of meditation and it's like it's almost like I'm more likely to nod off if I don't tell myself I'm going for a nap, but I'm just resting my eyes, because <laughs> mm. um, then there's no pressure to actually fall asleep. It's like this is going to be beneficial, even if I just allow myself to rest and then get up in half an hour later. Mm. He talks about the uh, pre and post sleep routines yeah. being 90 minutes as well. So you know, 90 minutes before bed, start thinking about. You know the amount of light exposure you're having, doing more, I suppose, wind winding down yeah. activities and preparing yourself for bed, and um, I guess we'll just start on that one um, before moving on to the morning. Um, that's something I found really useful. Um, yeah. Even starting this last year, you know, try, trying as best as possible to turn off all technology. You know, like an hour before I go to bed, and making sure like that at least the final half an hour I'm, I'm reading or doing something relaxing. Yeah. Um, maybe having a shower, um, like raising my body temperature a little bit and then going into like a colder bedroom is something I found worked really, really well. I fall asleep yeah. a hell of a lot quicker when I've done that. Um, so th I guess that there's a few of the things he's, he says, but basically it's like no technology, don't eat too close to bed, um, like 90 minutes before yeah, bed. So, I so if your bedtime's 10.30... By nine, like all your lights should be off, all your screens should be off. You shouldn't be eating or drinking. So like, yeah. here's like, ideally, you know, wander around by candlelight. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can wander around in the dark. I don't know about you, but if you know your house, all right then. Yeah, I suppose I've, I've got. Um, I've, I'll probably have like a dimmed light on. I yeah. wouldn't just read in the dark. I haven't got a Kindle yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's on its way. Um, yeah, was there anything else you you um, about like the the pre like sleep routine that you found useful? Um, yeah, I guess the main thing, yeah, just making sure your screens are off. Like it's it's 
I guess it's longer than you might think, right? So an hour and a half before you intend to be asleep feels quite a long time before you go to sleep, but um, kind of makes sense in terms of winding down. So I mean, the last few nights I've not been doing it well, but when I when I was first inspired straight after reading the book, yeah, it definitely was beneficial. So yeah, turning um, lights off. I've just got my like orange salt lamp, which I might have on a sort of dim glow and uh, mm. hopefully not much blue lights coming out of that. Um, and I guess turning off, t- like mentally turning off from, um, I don't know, maybe more stressful th- cognitive processes. So like mm. maybe before, say your sleep time's 10.30, so before nine, you just want to make sure you've, anything that might be on your mind you just get right on a to-do list and be like that's for tomorrow now like I, i'm tomorrow, not allowed yeah. to <laughs> i don't have to think about this anymore yeah that was nice you touched on that kind of throughout the book as well around you know what um like giving yourself mental breaks or you know yeah not carrying any mental baggage into your sleep like that's really um those precious and protected time yeah. and you want to make sure that you've resolved what needs to be resolved yeah, he talked about you tasks you could do in that hour and a half time, which are less, you know, like maybe doing the laundry or like slowly washing up in some dim lighting, kind of like wind down things that don't take much effort, but kind yeah. of things you need, chores you might need to get done anyway. Slightly more mundane things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what he says as well, um, just to, you know, jump back to um, circadian rhythms and things. He's basically saying like, do the things that require a lot of energy in the morning and then pick the more mundane tasks in the afternoon. That might be yeah. different if you're a, if you're a PM up potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So in regards to post sleep routines, I think I've got my down pretty good. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Something you know, as um, just around, you know, I, I tend not to um, turn on any technology for at least um, an hour, hour and a half after I've woken up, um, try and get the lights on pretty early. I've got a dawn wake simulator in my room, so the like the room gets brighter half an hour, so I'm being woken up quite gently in the morning. Um, I do eat breakfast as well. I'm trying to think what else he says. Exercise is good as well. Um, yeah, basically, I'm just not wanting to shock myself and rush out the door. Yeah. Um, so nice, gentle mornings. I know we've spoken before <clears throat> on this um, on the pod about um, morning routines and things like that, and I feel like mine's quite quite a gentle morning routine and i give myself plenty of time like i wake up at six and then i'm not at work till eight yeah and um uh, one i guess one of the standout things i got from the book is recognizing how like the importance of daylight and trying to like really get outside in that first hour and a half because like even if you've got you know i've got this window here but like essentially a room is still a kind of cave isn't it and you want to you don't want to still be in your cave an hour and a half after waking up. You want to get out of the house and that's what your body expects. And that's what will wake you up. And, um, so it's that balancing that with also not rushing and being stressed in the morning. And that's something you can hopefully plan for, you know, I suppose, I don't know, to, to me, gone are the days where I kind of wake up like half an hour before I've get, got to get to work. Oh Yeah run into the shower, woken up by a really loud alarm, like <laughs> leg it to work and I'm just stressed, you know, I'm like able to, I guess all, all the things I've said are things he, um, you know, recommends, yeah, like 
with not having too much technology, not being too overly stimulated. Um, I was going to say, talk, talk me through the technology one because it seems like that's a different strategy from turning your technology off before you go to sleep because the light yeah. doesn't matter so much first thing in the morning. I think it's more um, around the um, the mental stimulus it gives to you as well. You know, kind yeah. of having um, access to so much information, and then there's like a lot of you know, messages overnight you might have gotten or things you need to reply to, and um, you know, kind of the world as it appears on a phone mm. comes ru- comes rushing in. Yeah, and that's I suppose that's just not natural, is it? So like before you've even like seen daylight or even yeah. Like, like eating any food you're like wondering what someone's up to on facebook or like trying to apply to that message i think the thing i've realized is is that like if i woke up an hour later the people i'm replying to wouldn't it's not like i don't need to reply to anything at that point in time it's not a so you've kind of got two ends of the spectrum you've got like the waking up slowly to some um light whether that's like a dawn light simulator that you've got or you know if you're sleeping outside then waking up naturally with the sunrise and then you're you know for an hour and a half you're slowly getting up you're going outside maybe going on a walk doing a bit of exercise um having a light bit of food and then maybe just sort of slowly thinking about what your days might have um maybe speaking to your loved ones or whoever you live with and then there's that versus like your phone alarm goes off, <laughs> you grab it, your curtains are still closed. You're looking at like the news, reading about natural disasters, COVID numbers, you're replying to texts, scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. Like you get up, you, you realize how late it is. You rush to the shower, hop out, sh- rush out the door to go straight to work. You're feeling stressed about the emails you've just seen that you haven't yeah. replied to getting to work on time. Cortisol flying through. System. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, he do- he drops in a lot of like uh i remember he was talking about shift workers so so not just people who work night shifts but people whose shifts change so sometimes they work nights sometimes they work days mm. and he was like yep yeah, and these people are more likely to get type 2 diabetes heart disease cancer <laughs> dementia yeah. it's like oh my god yeah. <laughs> so if you're doing this you probably need to think a bit about your lifestyle <laughs> yeah. and whether you can do this for a long amount of time yeah. because you will I mean, I, I, I've said that as, you know, at the times I've done, I've done a fair bit of like shift work and switching shifts. But there's, there's a big difference between kind of switching between doing a seven to three and a three to 10 mm. compared to doing like a night shift one night and then a day shift two days later where you're just mm. getting totally thrown around. It's, um, it, it's horrible. Like the times I've done that, I've done a day shift, gone home, napped for two hours and then done a night shift. And it's just, yeah. It's That's just, awful. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. I had this job where like you had to do night shifts, otherwise like you were like you didn't get day shifts. They needed everyone to take their turn. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, then everyone awful. gets screwed really. Because he's saying that, you know, for some people, like if you constantly work nights, you can kind of make it work. Um like yeah, if, yeah. if you if you can personally fit that into your lifestyle, then like here's how to make that happen. But like basically if you're changing from days to nights, then or like you're doing nights and then you're living by the day and the weekend and then going, going back to nights is like, yeah, this, there's no, he's like, I basically have nothing for you. You're, you're just going to die sooner if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 something, I mean, d- just to reiterate the point, like something I, 
I guess to anyone listening, like just, I'd really, really recommend just having like giving yourself plenty of time in the morning and picking the same wake up time as well. Mm. Like you'll find after a few weeks, you'll, you'll naturally wake up then anyway. Like I'll always wake up like a minute or two before my alarm. It's, um, mm. there must be something going on psychologically that if you're, you're getting up the same exact time every day, your body gets used to it and just knowing, knowing that's locked in and just having a nice, morning structure and you know i build in like a bit of a morning walk when i go into work as well mm. so just having like that bit of separation from um you know home to work and something you talked about as well is um that the transit period between home and work as well yeah and i'm i'm fortunate enough or i've chosen to only ever live like tops like half an hour door to door from where yeah. I work. But for the most part, sometimes it's been 45, but yeah, I suppose just like what you do with that time as well is quite important as in terms of a post sleep routine. Um, like how, how you can make that nice for yourself. Yeah. Does it kind of, I assume that would depend on what time you're coming home and that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in essence, I'm just saying like, if, your journey to work is like peaceful and it's not oh, right. too far. You're not just kind of sat on the train as if you were in bed. Like it, it's a tie, it's a, you know, it's a part of the day you can actually use to your advantage. Yeah. I think I that's mean, yeah, the idea of like having woken up 10 minutes ago and now being stood on a London tube, which is like packed and you're, <laughs> you're like that. Yeah. It's, I know it's reality for a lot of people. That just sounds horrible. But I guess a way to counteract that would probably be not waking up so close yeah, wake to up. going back into a stressful environment. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. that's what I've really found good. At, like where I'm working at the moment, I suppose is quite. Um, as people would refer to that as quite intense, quite fast paced. Like use a lot of brain energy and the, um, having like a, a gentler start to the day, and also the um, going home from work as well is quite like a peaceful, peaceful thing to not like adding any more rush or stress to the day than needed i yeah i just generally i like the general ethos of being more deliberate and taking more control over your life and yeah. well-being yeah so like what, everything we talked about in terms of you know how many people are on the train or what your work environment's like it's it's tempting to be like i don't know to kind of take responsibility off yourself and be like, well, the, I can't work around this. This is a stressful environment, but you can always choose what time you wake up, can't you? And plan your life around that. So you, that you can have a longer morning and a ease into the day a bit. I think, uh, I, I guess the point he said, like not everyone can like, yeah, choose the time they go to bed, like responsibilities or choose their work, yeah. but in any way you can, basically just see what control you can you can take back of it and also i suppose requiring a bit of discipline to get a routine going like trying something out for like a month just see yeah. how it goes like waking up at the same time or you know, turning off your phone two hours before bed or whatever it is you need to do i suppose a lot of the things we've spoken about you know things just worth trying like try sleeping in 90 minute cycles try see if you can take a nap during the day try a new post and pre-sleep routine try you know getting a dawn wake alarm to wake you up naturally like see what difference it makes because it's such a personal thing isn't it like i think people i suppose that's where i just have a a couple of niggles about the 
the not strict within 90 minutes, but in terms of like you, you'll get to know what works for you and you know how good it is when you feel you've had a good night's sleep or you're just not yeah. walking into work tired. Like this is about you performing your best. I, th- rest, I think, rest I think you're right. Part of recovery. Uh, you're right over time, but you can also like the trap I fall into is like, you know, you're trying to establish that wake up time. And to be honest, maybe I've set mine too early and that's why I'm, I'm struggling with it. Cause he's like, it doesn't matter when it is for some people. It might be like half 10, that might be their alarm time, but just make it the same every morning, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been like waking up so tired at that time and just sort of forcing myself through it and then feeling like a bit like I'm not so effective at work and a bit more stressed because I'm tired and it, maybe I just, I haven't seen it through or I should set that time a bit later or um, probably my key area I'm not getting is, which I should focus on is the the evening routine because it's easy to think the morning's the problem when it when that's when you feel the effects of it. But obviously if I was getting to sleep easier um, because lights were off sooner and I pr- I'm probably eating too late and drinking too late and waking up to go for a wee and all that sort of thing. So, um, can't remember what I was saying. Now. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess also thinking about like sugar and caffeine as well. Oh, we yeah. talked about that. Um, something I've tried to do is like really, I, I don't drink um, coffee anymore, but, um, I have tea, which, but, um, I try and delay when I have that as much as possible. Like don't have it until like, I get like an hour into work or something like that or half an hour into work um, rather than having it like the moment I wake up, trying as much as possible to do things that naturally wake me up, um, whether that's um, morning exercise, getting mm. in sunlight, cold showers. Um, he talked about it having, I can't remember the length, was it like a six-hour half-life, caffeine? So it's like you yeah. probably shouldn't be uh, consuming any six hours before you intend to go to sleep at least. Mm. Yeah. And that yeah, there was, he reckon there was a certain amount. I forget what it was, four hundred something, maybe milliliters. I can't remember. But like, um, yeah, a certain amount is like just never go over this threshold. It, so it's oh, four hundred um, milligrams, isn't it? Day. That's the daily recommended amount. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Some people kind of. I guess like. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel sad. Maybe I don't know if that's the word. Yeah. But when I meet people who are like. Oh, I don't feel alive unless I've had four shots of coffee in the morning. I'm like, that doesn't sound healthy. That's not. That's not cool. I don't think. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, there is something yeah. a bit braggy about it, isn't it? It's funny. Yes. Yeah, oh, I need my four shots. It's like you don't need it. You just made yourself. Need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's it. Each to their own. I mean, there's also. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? Yeah, like I, I realized, like when I have sugar too late to bed as well, that's just like mm. I just cannot sleep whatsoever. Alcohol close to bed, like sugary alcoholic drinks. Oh, man, when, I realized, like anything, anything too close to bed, I reckon fucks me up. When you pile all this yeah. up, you really realize how, um, like our culture is just almost completely against what's good for you in terms of sleep, right? Because how many. It, it's, it would be completely normal to be having coffees in the afternoon, a few drinks before bed, like be eating fairly soon before bed, like mm. having s- scrolling on your phone being the last thing you do before you fall asleep, or, uh, watching a screen on 
Netflix or something in bed whilst, before you go to sleep. Like having a very loud alarm that wakes you up in the morning and then you rush off to work. It's, it's like, that would all be very normal. It's not very respected, is it? Sleep. No, it's no. not seen as like an important part of life and our recovery. And I think, um, I think this book just encourages people. It's encouraged me just to kind of really look at like what works for me, like whether you take absolutely everything from this book or not. Um, like what can you do to improve your, your recovery? That's what it is. And how can yeah. you perform better the next day? And what yeah. things can you take or what things can, what things can you add to your, your sleep routine to make it, um, to, to improve it. Cause I, I know once I've got my sleep down, like the basics, you know, like exercise, sleep and, um, you know, my food, right. Yeah. I just, I've just naturally just got so much more energy and I just, yeah. I know I'm performing better, but it's so often it just, it can slip without really noticing it. And I think it's yeah. something that probably would creep up, um, over, over time. Like people are just like chronically, have chronically bad sleep hygiene. Yeah, and they wonder why they're tired all the time, or they have a breakdown, or um, it can lead to other stresses later in life. Well, there's he doesn't go into this, but there's a certain um, cycle you can get into because because they reckon REM sleep is mainly used to process like unresolved emotional events throughout the day. Yeah, so so the more like stress and anxiety and depression you have throughout the day, the more REM sleep you're going to need. But REM sleep takes up loads of energy, so like it actually drains you more than being awake does. So then if you're stressed throughout the day for not getting enough sleep, and then you're going to need more REM sleep when you do go to sleep, which means you're getting less deep sleep, so actual less recovery. So some people claim, you know, well, I, I was asleep for like nine hours and I just feel like I haven't slept a wink. It's probably because you've been in REM for like most of your cycles. Absolutely, just, yeah. It's just, it's really hard to get out of that. <laughs> without just stopping life for a while, just quitting everything and like <laughs> yeah. setting yourself right. Yeah. I think, um, I do think sometimes in, in my opinion, anyway, there is some utility in just like not setting alarm sometimes. Like if you can feel though, it's been a long period of time that yeah. your body just needs to rest. Like I know I came back from traveling once and I slept for like, I think it was honest. I'm not joking. I think it was 17 hours. <laughs> it was like ridiculous. I went to bed. At, I, I, I obviously had to try and work out the last thing. I went like eight at night and woke up like in the afternoon the following day, like yeah. quite late. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I know, I know a time we've come back from a trip and I've slept like 15 hours and just once in a while, your body is just like fucking shut yeah. off. <laughs> it yeah, just needs yeah, to go. Yeah. So I think that that's probably something a bit different to what he's talking about. Yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I guess just to um, wrap up on a final point, I was interested to know any key um, areas of interest or introspection. Oh, okay, well, here's what... This. Sorry. So bef- yeah, he talked about your actual bed, which... Like, yeah, I was going to say the sleep environment. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I've always felt like I shouldn't feel this way, but I do, it's just like I hate sharing a bed. It's like just to sleep in it's like i wake up three times as much it's it it feels like i'm on a slant sometimes it's like i just i've never you know with it it doesn't matter who the partner is it's just like i've never been able to get used to that 
And yeah. he's like, I, I love the permission he gives. Is like, a double bed is not a double bed. A double bed is not intended for two people. Like the no, absolute like minimum size yeah. you need yeah. for two people is a super king size. And like yeah. anything smaller is for a single person. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I, yes. I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's, he, um, he talks about like the, like the, the bed frame means absolutely nothing. And um, yeah, the actual bed is, is yeah. just a decorative item. It's all about the sleeping yeah. surface. Yeah. yeah. I think a couple of things I liked about um, the sleep environment that I've, I've made some changes since is like keeping your bed, bedroom like very simplistic. Oh, yeah. Um, that's something I've done. Like, I've, I've moved my desk downstairs. I had like a lot of my technology up here, but now it's literally like a bed, <laughs> a kind of minimal bookshelf, and um, yeah, just like a side table with a lamp on it. Yeah. Um, and I found that's made such a difference, just having like a really simple, basic room that's meant for resting and meant for sleeping. Yeah. And then everything else kind of happens in other areas. Like, obviously, like not everyone is able to do that. And to a degree, like I have to have a lot of things in here that if I had a choice, I'd move them out. But, um, it's I've really enjoyed doing that. And I guess just to add to that, I, I bought some pretty fancy lights that um like dim and do the wake light simulator thing as oh, well. Yeah. So I'm, I like my housemate recommended them. I honestly think they're one of the like the best things I've bought. Just be able to, you know, dim my lights in the evening when I'm maybe reading in bed for the final half an hour, or just like in the morning getting on some really bright daylight as well there's all these yeah. different settings like something quite steely and that just like really wakes me up and it's kind of a bit of a shock so that's something maybe i'd recommend to people like really simplifying your room and thinking about lighting and how much clutter's in the room as well mm. you know, you, well it's another one if, that the culture the, the more modern culture is going against right because people generally you know there's, there's a big culture of you go to uni where you kind of might live in a dorm bedroom which is also the space where you live and then that kind of turns into shared housing for a lot of people for many years yeah. throughout their 20s yeah. where it's like yeah you know four people aren't going to all be having office spaces outside of their rooms if it's all you know if they're all young professionals sharing the same space so so we live mm. in a culture which is also quite difficult for a lot of people to make their bedroom just a sp space for sleeping as as he kind of suggests it should be even suggests not having your wardrobe in there like you should get changed yes. elsewhere <laughs> i think or even just like covering up things so you're not looking yeah. at like stimulating you know you're not looking at your like list on the wall before you go to bed or yeah. like he says even like your list of dvd collections if you're looking at the titles and they're all a bit yeah you know, like horror, horror movie films. titles yeah 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 you know some um, I mean, I, I guess he, he worked with the uh, British cycling team when they were doing the 1% improvements, yeah. um, which um, James clearly chats about. Yeah, know, yeah. Atomic Habits. So he's he's really focused on making lots of minute changes. So yeah. I suppose with that with that in mind, you know, things like that, you, know, you could take or leave, but it's worth thinking about, like, what are you, when you're in bed about to go to sleep, like, what are you looking at? Are you just looking at, like, pictures on the wall and things that are like going to stimulate you mentally or stress you out or make you worried or sad or you know you look at your bookshelf with all the books you want to read like what what's going into your brain yeah. immediately before you go to bed yeah and i, I guess found, um, the, it's been good. yeah you, you can paint the idea like he can paint an ideal and then you can kind of work back from that with what's realistic you know if, if most people are checking their phones before bed then like 
that's an easy one that anyone can well not maybe um psychologically easy but practically easy to just well just don't do that an hour and a half before bed whereas things like yeah or, or just t- making sure your room's like t- clean and tidy before you go to sleep you know yes that was something so you just well, don't yeah. have crap lying all over the floor which can sort of feel a bit stressful even if you don't really notice that's it or like you know clean you know having nice clean sheets you know weekly yeah. or yeah just re- yeah just really taking it seriously in any way you can and making adjustments i suppose just making it as peaceful an environment you know it talks about you know to have minimal light minimal noise anything that's going to kind of wake you up and you know if there's a partner in in the bed as well you know like they're at risk of touching your leg and waking you up just yeah. try and find ways to um, well he said he basically things. said ideally you shouldn't share a bed with someone like yeah ha- have a space you share for like sex and then just go your separate rooms to sleep in yeah <laughs> talked about so, roger federer having his own like house <laughs> like yeah have, he would like go to his wife's bedroom for like a cuddle and then like go to the house next door to sleep in <laughs> to sleep yeah so Oh, well, I found it. Um, Go on. Yes. Just what, one yeah. thing we've missed is the um, sleeping position. Where he's he's quite rigid yes. on that yeah. as well, right? Is like you should lie in the fetal position on your non-dominant side, and that's how you should sleep. <laughs> yeah, because um, it's. Um, I think he talks about naturally, like we're protecting our organs when we have our dominant hand on the outside yeah. to protect us, like so, around your belly and your chest, and you're kind of yeah. turned inwards. Whereas if you're lying on your back, all you're like organs and genitals are just exposed and it apparently feels more threatened even if you're not consciously aware of that yeah and you know especially um you talked about breathing as well like you're more likely to snore if you're mm. on your back and on your front's just horrific for your neck um, but uh, also you know that bit you talk about security as well you know minor things like you know is your room door locked always or yeah. is your front door do you need to go and like check the front doors locked before you yeah. go to bed you need to shut any windows if do you install security cameras outside your house just to make sure that it's like a, a sanctuary that you're not yeah just get. so you feel psychologically safe yeah and that, i think that's something really worth thinking about as well you know that even the use of um you know like talk talking to people before you go to bed to maybe get certain things off your chest or like the use of meditation as well as a um mindfulness exercise or even as relaxation technique as well like what can you do to make yourself feel psychologically peaceful i suppose and enough, safe before yeah. You go to bed. yeah another one he said which i was like nah like this is getting a bit far is like ideally you wouldn't have a pillow <laughs> <laughs> like yeah like your mattress should be so perfected to shape your body such that like from your toe up your spine to your neck whilst in the fetal position is a straight line that a pillow is is a um addition to an imperfect environment so ideally with the perfect environment you wouldn't need one (laughs) yeah it's like it's almost like you refuse to speak about pillows (laughs) (laughs) ah we seem to have lost will Well, I think we pretty much got you to the, the end. Oh, he's back. Hello, mate. You froze oh, a bit there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I? All right. Yeah. Well, um, I was carrying it out on my own. Oh, there we go. Anyway, that's probably a sign for us to wrap up then. <laughs> yeah, why not? Oh, he's frozen again. Well, thanks, mate. 
enjoyed that. I'm certainly inspired to get my routine back on track again. And uh, see you next week. <laughs> Which, oh, and we will be covering um, Tony Robbins's The Time of Your Life audio program. It's not even a book this time. Uh, yeah, we're branching out. I think there is an, a company. An accompanying manual and um, like card, so it's like an audio program that you would follow through and and follow through the workbook. So Will and I have both given that a crack. We'll be talking about that next time. I'll give him a few seconds to say goodbye. If not, leave it there. Take care, mate.